Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. No, thank you. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a thief in the night, and I love films. As Frank Sinatra once said, The big lesson in life, baby, is never be scared of anyone or anything, except hereditary. That one really shit me up. Wow, can't blame the old crooner there. It is a scary film. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Himesh Patel, Sharon Stone, and even Fred Rambles. But this week, it's the brilliant actor, writer, podcaster, and web series creator, and audible creator, it's Felicia Day. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you get extra stuff from all the episodes. You get extra questions, you get a secret from the guest, you also get the whole episode uncut and ad-free, and as a video. Find out all of that over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Felicia Day is an actor, a writer, a producer, a creator, a podcaster, a twitcher, a gamer, and a legend to many, many people. She made her own show, The Guild, which ran for many, many years. She's just made something huge for Audible. She is a person who fucking makes shit happen. It was very exciting to talk to her. We recorded this on Zoom a few weeks ago. I'd never met her before, and I think you're really going to like this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 276 of films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by an actor, a writer, a creator, a podcaster, a gamer, an Uh. audibuller, a... (laughs) <laughs> writer, a anything else that is possible to be a, a c- c- doing all the things at all the times person oh, no. in a way that oh, makes no. everyone else look lazy. Here she is. It's the one <laughs> and only. Please welcome to the show. It's Felicia Day. Yay! 
You know, honestly, I just wanted to, I wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Records with the number of hyphens in my biography. And I think I'm getting up yeah. there. I, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I always try and like add when I have guests on and they'll say like, oh, you know, a person who walks down the street, I try and build a thing so that they have more hyphens. With you, I, d I didn't have enough breath for all the hyphens. <laughs> No, you're a, you're you're a classically trained actor. You have all the breath in the world. I know. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, and I don't. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? See, how are you? Where are you? I live in Los Angeles, and it is really nice here right now. It's like 72 degrees, right. and but I'm about to go to Hawaii tomorrow, so I'm really rubbing what it in the today. Fuck? I'm Larry, sorry. What are you? What? Why? Holiday? What are you doing? Well, I'm I'm in a show called Supernatural, and sometimes we do mm -hmm. conventions with the cast. So we're doing that. So it's kind of work, but not really. And then the week after that, I'm going to Costa Rica. So can I be bi a bigger Fucking dick right now? Right. This is great. Sorry. Your life is I'm great. So sorry. I'm happy for you. No, I'm happy for you. This is good. So you you are a hero to many people, uh, including some people that I work with, who say that you inspired them to do everything that they do because you started. You just made your own shit, built a whole series, wrote, directed, created it, made it a hit, did everything. That's amazing. That, so, so somebody, that's how I got on here because I knew somebody who liked my work that works with you. That's really neat. I appreciate that. They were, they were bigging you up so much and they were like, you have, to, you have to check out all that stuff. And I'm sorry that I didn't, I'm not so big in the gaming one and things like that. And I didn't no. know all your stuff. But when I look into everything you've done, it's pretty fucking amazing. And weirdly, or not weirdly, I watched the first episode of The Guild and the last episode again. And it's like, it's such an amazing thing to see the production values and everything. And that it starts really great and ends really great. But it's like, it becomes a fucking thing. Oh, yeah. We shot it in a closet with like a $200 yeah, yeah. camera and $100. Incredible. And then for six years, we wrote. And I didn't direct. I did produce everything. I kind of show ran the whole thing. And we did six seasons over six years. And yeah, it is really different because we got actual budget, but it was still yeah. only the budget of a very, 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 very like indie movie. Like it's like the, maybe the craft service budget of an actual television show. So right. we never yeah, had yeah. money and we always shot it in my house, but we had millions of fans all over the world, which is really exciting. So yeah, I appreciate that. It's so cool. And it's everything I admire. I like people who just fucking get it done. I love it. I think it's amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm, I, you're not a stranger to Hollywood and you know how long it takes to get anything made if it ever gets, it's like 1% yeah. of things ever get made and even if you're paid for it, it never gets seen. And that is so frustrating to me. I hate it. And that's, mm. you know, why I've done this Audible project we'll eventually talk about and why I do graphic novels and I stream. I just like making mm. stuff. And like every time yes. I get into that cycle of like, let's adapt some IP for someone or like try to pitch a show, it's like, Three years goes by and you got nothing to show mm. for it. It's awful. Agreed. I just want to make shit. I agree. Uh, what is your Audible thing? This is your latest thing. What is this? What is this? It's a television show I wanted to make. I pitched. No one wanted it. And I was like, I, you're not telling me I can't make it. So I basically found someone, Audible, to help me make it into the television show I always dreamed about. So it's about, it's like a fantasy comedy. It's about a chosen one who fails and kind of like 15 years later, gets her world blown up when this girl enters it and sort of makes her reevaluate her past and like create this much different future than she imagined for herself. So it's kind of like, I think the biggest compliment was somebody said it was kind of like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or Red Dwarf or something like that. Cause that's wow. like my comedy. Yeah. That's so it's very like quirky. No bigger prize. No higher prize than that. Jesus. Thank you. Wow. Thank you one Amazon reviewer. So anyway, <laughs> it's seven hours of content, 10 episodes. Neil Gaiman is in it. Sean Astin. 
Lily wow. Pichu, London London Hughes, who you might be familiar with. From yeah, the UK. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's so that's cool. Wow. Congratulations. I was intimidated to come on this podcast because I know Why? it's about film. And I feel like I had a kid like six years ago and I have not been keeping up with my film. And I was like, oh, he's a fancy <laughs> film guy. He's going to like be upset. I haven't seen Raging Bull lately. Like he's, I was very intimidated. <laughs> Did you listen to an episode and go, oh no, he likes Grease too. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> yes. I, 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 my expectations were brought down. But like, you know, you have a fancy name. You look fancy. Mm. I just assume you're mm-hmm. going to be a film, you know, aficionado, and I'm certainly not that person. So, whew, I appreciate you being a little bit on my level. <laughs> oh, I'm a dummy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no. So, have you only watched kids' films the last six years or no films? I would say kids' films. I mean, I will listen. Frozen 1 and 2 bring me to tears every time I watch them. Oh. Okay. Moana, when she walks yeah. toward. Tafiti, like I'm just, you know, it's lady empowerment time. I, I'm just very excited. But yeah, I haven't, I mean, listen, I'm not going to pay $100 to pay a sitter to watch my kids so I can watch a movie. <laughs> Felicia. What? I've forgotten to tell you something. What? What I forgot to tell you, Felicia, is that you've died. You're dead. Oh, no. Yeah. You're dead. <sighs> this is depressing. Is it depressing? I guess it is. You've got a fuckload of stuff you still need to do. How did you die, I guess, is the real question here. All right. Um, my death, did it happen right now or could it happen in the in the future? Because I do... It's up to you. It can happen in the All future, right. yeah. It's after my kid is grown up, okay? 18 at okay. least. So this is like 18. 12, 13. Uh, listen, what? no, listen, with all due respect, I think you're still fucking your kid up. You're dying at 18. But okay, what what age is going to be the, 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 the age which I mean, I'm not no, going to fuck a kid up? There's no good age, but you're now saying, let, just let her finish school. She's 25. You're still fucking her up. Well, okay. Listen, well, listen I don't know. Do you have children? Like, <laughs> No, but I'm aware of what happens. All right. Know, I mean, there's no, but 25 is better than 18, sure. Okay, 20. She's 25. I'm 30 again. I'm, 30, I'm still 30. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, my dream is at a certain point, my kid is out of the house and I just sell everything and I just wander the, the world. So I got nothing. Okay. I own nothing. And I'm just like mm-hmm. Airbnb myself around the world, a month here, a month there. So basically, I decide to, um, go and commune with uh, the animals in a jungle somewhere, maybe uh, the rainforest or in India, and I get mauled by a tiger, okay? But it's quick. It's not that painful. They go for the throat first. I'm dead very fast. And then I feed the world with my corpse, and that's how I die. Okay. Where were you when this tiger mauled you very quickly? Let's just say India. You know, it's like a bad, you know, yeah. Maybe Life of Pi, really not the anti-Life of Pi. So you're somewhere in India. Mm Mm-hmm. You get mauled by a tiger, mm-hmm. and then you, you feed the world. So we're discovering that you're quite enormous <laughs> at this age. Yeah. Well, you know, I love to eat. And at that point, I won't be an actor. I don't have to stay a certain weight. So you're I'll... beyond morbidly obese. You're like, I turn you into... are big. <laughs> I, tr- I transform okay. into Gaia. So you are a I'm the big Earth. old unit. All right. <laughs> You get mauled by a tiger. I mean, impressed the tiger can get sort of near near a jugular or something, but the tiger did. They they climb you like a mountain. Mauled. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Pretty amazing. I mean, that's a pretty big gift to the world. That's how it sounds like a Miyazaki film. <laughs> yeah. It's like really impressive. Totoro the sequel. <laughs> Felicia. Okay, so that's good. That's a good way to die. You did you did good with your body. I mean, at the same yeah. time, you probably 
to have got that size, you've used up an awful lot of resources. So I think it's probably just balanced out. You're feeding the world after it. It's all recycling, right? It just goes back into the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, do you worry about death, Felicia? Do you worry about dying? Only when I go through an airport scanner. For some reason, I'm always worrying that when I go through the scanner at the airport, like a tumor is popping up somewhere inside. (laughs) That's my flight anxiety. I thought you meant that you go through the scanner and and they tell you you've got... Cancer at the other side, they got we've seen. Oh, no, no, no. Like it's whenever I've, no, no. They're like, oh, we saw a glo- growth. That would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> now, I get like, I get yeah. hypochondria. I get a little bit of hypochondria, but not in the air. I know that I'm helpless in the air. So I don't actually get nervous yeah. while flying. It's just going through the airport scanner and the bag scanner. I'm like, there's something coming through here. So, <laughs> yeah. Do, what do you think happens when you die? Do you think oh, there's an afterlife? No, we're just meat. We're just meat. And we're doing... Well, you, you are when you die, yeah. Yeah. You certainly are for the entire world. So you think that there's nothing, just bang, blackout in your consciousness, nothing? I don't think so. I mean, really, where's the evidence of anything? Where's the evidence of anything? I mean, it's nice to think of... I, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of maybe like undetectable energy, like, you know, intuition and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then now scientists are saying that it's just like really fast microcomputing in your brain. And I don't know. I'd like to think there's something more, but I'd like to, I think it's maybe like an amorphous life force that we're like, we go back in the bin and somebody gets a little bit of it. So not really reincarnation, but like everybody gets, everybody's in a life pool and you get a little body and then you got to put it back in the pool and it goes other places. What? So in the same way that your body, having been more by a tiger, feeds the earth, you think your soul, your consciousness, bits of that go to everyone else as well in the in the pool. Yeah, that would be my ideal. So you're not That's like hanging nice. on to your past. Like you're not like a continuous yeah, being, yeah. but you're at least feeding the existence of, of everything. I don't know. That would be nice. So, so, so someone gets your good bits and someone else gets your bad bits and, and it spreads around a bit. So it's almost a lottery of which bit of which person you're getting. Yeah. It makes a whole person. Yeah. Or like a, not a person, a, an ant. I mean, we're all life forces, you know? Not I'm, I should be a yeah. vegetarian with this philosophy. I am not, but I, I should yeah. theoretically be because it could be my grandma I'm eating, you know? Yeah, it could be. But your grandma could also be a plant. You don't know. That's true. Also, I would want to be eaten. Put me to use, you know? Like, I don't understand about embalming your yeah. body and like sticking you in a coffin and you're like, well, you're completely cut off from like what made you. Just throw me in the ground, man. Yeah. Well, and by ground, you mean into the like tiger's den or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where you can be eaten. Yeah. Just throw you in the mixer. Yeah, exactly. Like a composter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Grind me up. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. That's a very good point. Yeah, that is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is the point of keeping it all there? Dead bodies. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's a waste of time. Every time I see, you know, I just was in uh, Copenhagen and they turned a huge cemetery in the middle of town into a park. And I was like, this is lovely because people can sit and go through and (laughs) they can be like, hey, look, it's Bobby. He died 100 years ago. I wonder what that guy was about. So, so what the the park does it still have headstones where they get rid of the headstones? No, there's new, there's new headstones. There are people being buried there now, but then you could just kind of wander through and like sit and have picnic and, See people's head mm. gravestones. Interesting. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Maybe it's a space thing. It's taking up a lot of space. Yeah, it's just a lot of space. Like, I don't yeah, know if yeah. you've been in LA a lot, but there's like that uh, one cemetery that's near the zoo. And it's like, eight, you know. forever? Yeah, it's like hundreds of acres of just, you know, green. Mm. I'm like, well, this is a waste. Put a playground in there, you know? <laughs> Put a golf course on this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a new kind of dot. You got to dodge around the, the tombstones. Yeah. Then it's like mini golf meets... <laughs> 
big gulf because you've got to navigate the headstones. It's quite a good idea. I would put a windmill over mine. It would be a gift. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, I've got news for you, Felicia Day. Okay. There is a heaven. Oh. There is a heaven. And you're welcome there, actually. And uh, uh, it's filled with your favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? If it's not my daughter, it's video games. (laughs) So one and two. So it's video games. Quick question on your video games thing. Because in the beginning of the guild, and in an interview I wrote you, there's just talk of like addiction and whatever. Are you still addicted to video games? How is your relationship with video games? Love of your life? A problem? No. Where are you at uh, now? No, no, no. I monetize my hobby. I'd stream on Twitch so that, <laughs> uh, and I monetize it only to justify being away from my kid because it's a quote unquote job. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm keeping up my gaming profile so that sometimes I get sponsorship or like, you know, brand deals or whatever. Yeah. But really, it's just because I love video games. So, yes, I am not addicted. And I, part of me kind of is, you know, those times when you're an actor and you just have no fulfillment and you're just like wandering around for anyone to approve of you, even though it's completely specious <laughs> and you don't. You know, you know it's not about your talent and who you are, but it actually is. And then you're just crying in the car after an audition. The best thing to do is to go (laughs) (laughs) and play a video game, right? So that's what I did. Mm. And that's why I wrote The Guild, because I was addicted to video games. The only thing that made me happy was kind of logging onto this false sense of like, I have purpose. I'm farming, you know, fake weeds. (laughs) But uh, I did turn it into something productive. And now I truly just play for fun. I stream like three times a week. And, you know. It's just three-hour chunks. It's like watching three movies a week. You know, that's why I don't keep up with movies as much. That's fair. All right. Well, your heaven is filled with video games. Every room is a video game. Sometimes you're in the video game. Sometimes you're sitting playing the video game. Sometimes you're just watching the video game. But it's got all the kinds that you could love and enjoy. They're everywhere. And everyone there is either a character from a video game that you like or someone that you like playing video games with. They're all so happy to see you. But they want to talk to you about your life through film. And you're like, ah, fuck, I haven't watched many films. They're like, well, you're here. We're going to (laughs) try. (laughs) The first thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing, Felicia Day? Okay, the first film I remember seeing is Bambi. And when the (gasps) mom died, it was trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Trauma. And you want Not to be good. dead at 18 when, you, when your kid's 18, having seen Bambi? No, I don't. It taught you she nothing. She has not seen Bambi. No, no. I mean, it's horrible. It's the worst yeah. thing in the world. I'm like, how is this okay? But I don't know if you've read a lot of, like, 19th century literature for kids. You know, it's all about <laughs> orphans. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. you have. Well, all it's Disney all films are all, all, all Disney, Harry Potter, everyone's. It's the, yeah. the dream, isn't it? It's the dream to get rid of those parents at a very yeah. young age and be on your own, man. It really is the orphan dream. But for Bambi, see, I'm I anthropomorphize animals in cinema to the point where I actually can't watch them. Like, remember that uh, King Kong movie where they went to the island and they? It was the Peter Jackson one. It was yeah. probably like ten years ago. I started sobbing so hysterically within the first ten minutes when they were trying to capture Kong on the island that I had to leave the cinema. And this is as a very adult woman. So, like, when there's an animal, fake or real, on screen, I cannot deal. And I think it's all rooted in the trauma of seeing Barbie. I mean, not Barbie. Bambi. Way too early. Barbie, too. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, yeah. It's really traumatic. And it's funny. I always mention this on the podcast, but ages ago, I recorded this with my friend, Roisin Conaty, and she said something. I think she was talking about Bambi, but, like, she said, you read all these things where it's like, it's actually good for children to watch these films because it prepares them for death or something like that. And she said when her dad died that she never thought for a second 
oh, wow, I'm glad I saw Bambi. That made this much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Dumbo is just as traumatic. Oh, like there's Dumbo. Uh, Forget it. Dumbo. I forget it. Oh, anyway, Both of those. Dumbo. No. Tears me? everywhere. So, yeah. No, those, that's the first movie I remember seeing. I mean, I don't remember ever enjoy— I, I'm the kind of person who always remembers the bad things in life. So, like, I don't mm. remember— like, oh, I had such a pleasurable time at this. I remember the trauma of E.T. trying to be captured. And I remember, like, my mom taking me to Aliens and being so tra- traumatized that I just sat in the lobby the whole time where she was like, get out. <laughs> you know, like, all I remember are traumatic events. I don't remember, yeah. like, wow, that was awesome. No, that's not my brain. <laughs> well, all right, then. What about the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? No. So do you no, not I'm like not. scary video games? scary games. Oh, no, so. no. I scream. Right. No, you know what? I have a very high fight or flight response, which is why I'm so bad at auditions. I just want to run <laughs> screaming from any situation where people are judging me. So I do not have the tolerance for it. So I don't watch any scary films at all. And I guess the scariest was Aliens because I was so terrified. Yeah. And it was in a dark theater and I was probably yeah. like, I don't know, nine or, you know, maybe even younger, like seven or eight. That's it was crazy. too early. That too is crazy. early. You shouldn't be at the cinema watching Aliens at seven. No. But so, yeah, that that was definitely the scariest. I think I saw a little bit of, like, Jason, you know. I remember seeing the guy with the ski mask and just, you know, being traumatized by that and having that haunt my dreams, yeah. thinking that he was in my dreams. I watched probably, like, 15 minutes of that when I was too young. So, yeah, as an adult, I really do shelter myself from all trauma because everything scares me. Why? That's not my entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. I mean, is there, is, there, is there anything in, again, I'm taking this off the guild, but the fake worlds of video games versus real world. I've played some video games and played video games, but I've never done the, I've never tried it. It's, just no, it's no judgment, as in I've just never done it. The, yeah, it's fine. I don't know. Warcraft thing where you're fully a character and you exist in this world and you're meeting people and stuff like that. Is that just a wonderful thing that takes you, that is a safe space that you're like not in the world for? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, you can, there are co-op games where you can play terrifying games and I've been terrified by them. So having my friends with me didn't make me less terrified. There was a ghost eating me. Mm -hmm. But like, there are, I mean, I love playing co-op games with my friends where we're just kind of hanging out and we're doing stuff together. Like I'm playing a game called uh, my time at Sandrock, and it's like a farming game. We have a farm. We build houses. We like go out and get rocks to build machines with. So the machines will make us do collectors. So we have water to make the farm grow crops, and like we're working together. Um, yeah. And then we're just chatting the whole time. So that kind of collaboration and like activity, you yeah. know, actively doing with your friends is really fun. Probably better to do in That's real so life nice. if you can, but we don't. Yeah, you don't have a farm. That's so nice. And what, when you're talking, you're just talking about your lives, talking about your day. You're not just talking about, we need to get a yeah. truck. Yeah, well, we're screaming at each other that we don't have enough okay. wood to build this thing. And like, you need to go solve this quest while I do this. But yeah, we're chatting. I mean, I play a lot of Fortnite too, which I never would have Oh yeah, played I play before. Fortnite. Love Fortnite. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you just kind of like jump out and, and you just shop. You know, you're shopping and you're getting good <laughs> outfits and you're, you're shopping for guns and then you're maybe killing as many people as you can. It's so fun. Yeah, but you're killing them in their fun, sweet way, right? Yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 
2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What about crying? Are you a crier? What is the film that made you cry the most? Oh, God. All right. I will tell you, it's a terrible, terrible. I mean, again, we we talk about King Kong. So that's traumatic crying, right? Mm -hmm. I had to walk out of Babe, Pig in the City because that was also a traumatizing film for me. Yeah. I mean, that that film with the fire. Are you, do you remember that film? That is a stressful film. Yeah, too stressful. But the one that made me dry heave and I just literally was like snot everywhere was a terrible movie called My Life. And I think Michael Keaton was in it. Ah, My Life with Nicole Kidman, where he's recording videos for their baby because he's dying. And so the whole film of videos he's making for his kid that hasn't been born yet uh, about her dad. Yeah, fuck My Life. I forgot about that. It was literally just made to wring you out. Like, yes. there's no other function for that movie. Like, let's just traumatize, like, not trauma, but just like, let's get every tear out yeah. of this person. It was, and I saw it with my mom, and it was just like traumatic. I mean, it's it's like the first 10 minutes of up. Like, yeah, but, but spread darker. over an hour of 45. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so traumatic. I forgot about my life. Respect <laughs> for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, I mean, is it good? I don't remember it being good. Yeah, so did you think, do you think My Life was a good movie? Like, I don't think it was reviewed like, this is an eternal movie. I don't think, did it win anything? Probably not. Like, it was just no, one of I those, think it I was don't know. A, but it was a sort of film they don't make anymore. It was like a Hollywood film that was a weepy, that was like mid-budget. It was good. Yeah, I think it was a good film, good yeah. solid film. And I think it was the guy, I got a memory for this stuff and nothing else. The guy who directs it, writes it, I think, is the guy who wrote Ghost, the film Ghost. With oh, Swayze. so yeah. he was like a, a weepy specialist. Yeah he, liked, yeah, he liked death and stuff. Yeah. Wow. I believe so. I mean, I think it's a probably a good film, solid film, good solid. Yeah. As far as I remember. Bruce Joel Rubin. Bruce, yeah, Bruce Joel, Joel Rubin. Rubin. Yeah. He's a meditation teacher and photographer. So he is like... There you go. He's in. He's in deep. He's in. Did he write Ghost? He'd tell you where we went. He wrote Ghost. The last thing he wrote was yes. Ghost the Musical. Did he pass away? No, he's still alive. He's just chilling. He's like, I did it. I'm done. Wait, he also, I'm sorry, he also wrote Deep Impact, which feels not on brand for him. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, Deep Impact's all about death. 
They, they, it yeah, ends okay. with, with the father and daughter holding each other while a big wave hits them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the, that's, I got the Crater movies mixed up. Okay, yes. There were two that's that the year. the moving one. Yeah, yeah. Not Armageddon. Yeah. What is the film that you love? It is not critically acclaimed. Most people don't like it, but you love it unconditionally. Oh, wow. This is really hard because, as you know, or may not know, I'm in Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I loved right. Mystery Science Theater 3000. So there are so many bad films that I love, and I kind of love bad films. I used yeah. I got my start in the film business in Austin, volunteering for film festivals like South by Southwest and oh, great. Austin Screenwriting Festival. So I've seen my, you know, I love how the sausage is made, and I like seeing how a movie, like I see, I like seeing a movie that's not that great because you can see how it's made, and then you appreciate everything else a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then you appreciate something about it that's great that might not yeah. be everything, but like you're just like, wow, that was really worth making. So for me, I guess the movie would be like Crawl or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? That's a great show. Just that and I will say Underworld with Kate Beskinsdale is one of my favorite movies. Underworld, one of 20 or something. They made one or 20. Of I don't care. I don't know. It was yeah. kind of my dream. I was like, should I get a boob and a nose job and try to be in one of these movies as an extra? I was like, could I do it? But I'm not Eastern European enough or something. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. But anyway, I love it. I love yeah. the everything about the outfits. I love the vampire lore. I love the yeah. style. I love the fighting. Right. right. It's great. I don't know. Just I, If they did a TV show, I really would be like, get me in there. I want to be the person who loads people. I want to be the cue for the underworld world. All right? I'll be the one who loads everybody's daggers. Yes. Give them some, I'll That's give them some gadgets. Plan. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to actualize underworld that. Underworld <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. On the other hand, what is a film that you used to love? You loved it very much, but you've watched it recently and you thought, I don't like this no more. Oh, boy. Well, I think that could be any, like, 80s comedy. You know, you watch, yeah. like, the Porkies and you're like, oh, ooh, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't hold up. It don't hold up. It really doesn't. Ninety percent of eighties comedies are problematic now, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it's a well, whole new world. You know, it's very interesting world. how like sexuality, like it was okay. Mm. Like, is it is it the sexuality that makes me uncomfortable? No, it's just like the way they approach the sexuality. But like, I think we could use more liberated boobs in movies. So agreed. Yeah, let's just get them out, but let's get them out in a more respectful way. So yeah. I regret so much I didn't get them out earlier in my life, and I breastfed, really? so it's not happening now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because it's about how, how it approached them. Yeah. It's always weird, but there's so many 80s comedies where it's like, ha, 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 here's some boobs. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was very male gazy and always very jiggly. Yeah. And like, I think there's like a, there's an area between that and Lena Dunham and girls. Like there's something in between there yeah. we can get into, you know? Yeah. You know, there's something we can do with the lighting, you know, let's, let's celebrate <laughs> the body without objectifying it. And we don't have to really like, oh, that's what that yeah. looks like on a bad Monday, you know? <laughs> Not talking about her body. I'm just saying the no. way they shot it. Okay. Like she's okay. beautiful. I love her. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Love that show. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because the experience you had around seeing the film will always make it special to you. Felicia Day. Okay, well, this is kind of like my favorite film area, so I'll go ahead and just throw it in because Mm -hmm. when I was a child, I was homeschooled and I never left my house. I had no friends, no birthday parties, nothing. My mom homeschooled me, but it was really just like, 
shut the door. We don't go out until we go to ballet class. So I had no concept of what other children liked or appreciated or liked in other people. So I would do a little bit of work on my own, you know, like a wolf. I'd be like, oh, I should learn some math today, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I would watch AMC all day. So like I never watched contemporary movies. We went to the movies sometimes, but I would watch like Betty Grable and like my idea of a woman was formed by watching mostly comedies from the 30s and 40s. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Yeah, so my favorite movie, and I had it on a VHS tape, you guys. This is a format that you probably never seen because we didn't have any fancy stuff for a long time. I had Bringing Up Baby starring Cary Grant Mm. and Katherine Hepburn on a VHS tape, and I played it so many times, I wore out Uh. the tape and I had to throw it away because it broke. And that is my favorite film, and that's the film that I would watch, I'm not kidding, two, two times a week. I would put it in there. And I loved it so much. And I think it really informed my idea about what women, you know, in comedy should be. Like that kind of screwball. Screwball woman is kind of like super empowered, like super confident in herself. What's your theory on why why that went? Why did that change? It's very interesting. I think the 50s came in and women got oppressed a lot after the war was over. You know, they were kind of put in their place and women, the men mm. came back and shoved them into more of a, a home role. And the ideal of a woman became very like, we need women to get back to where we want them to be. Mm. And, you know, I think women became a lot more liberated, obviously, in the 70s, but it was more like uh, an angry liberated, you know, mm. versus like, we're having fun liberated. We're doing yeah. our own thing. And so... Uh, I think, you know, the 90s had the, you know, sort of like indie girl, kind of Parker Posey vibe. There was a little bit element of it. But I don't think we've ever kind of recaptured it. And I think that, you know, women in comedy especially, you got to be like super charactery to be able to be funny. But women who are just kind of fun and funny are not the star. They're always like the second fiddle that you laugh at versus like laugh with now in, in writing. And I think it's because predominantly in comedy, it's written by men, like white men, right? Most of that, those mm-hmm. big comedies now. It's like the Seth Rogen, of, you know, love his movies. But like, you won't, wouldn't say that, oh, the women in those kind of movies and the Jed Apatow movies, other than, you know, there are some exceptions, like, but like not super focused on a woman's journey through it, you know? Like I would say Bridesmaids is like one, you know, one of the best examples of like that kind of, but it didn't like spawn a bunch of them. I don't know, am I, am I wrong? <laughs> or... What do you think? Uh, I don't think. Well, I think there are there are there are examples I could counter with, but I think it's definitely true there isn't a huge wave of mainstream. Look, there isn't a huge wave of mainstream cinema that has big comedies anymore at all. Like there aren't of any, of any kind. No, you're totally right. Yeah, it's mostly TV. Yeah, yeah. I keep I keep thinking about that. Why there hasn't been big big comedy, even big character comedy, big character comedy at the cinema seems to have gone. I don't know if it'll come back. I'm sure it will because everything goes in circles. But yeah, there hasn't yeah, been maybe. A, like an Ace Ventura, you know, like a big, broad character film. When was the last one? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Like, who's a super star woman? Like, you're just like, like, like. remember Julia Roberts? Like, yeah, that superstar and Meg Ram, You know, I mean, she's still yeah. amazing. But like, remember her, like, that was a star, a woman star. And are there any comedy women in that vein nowadays, you'd be like, she's a star in that world. Like Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. But again, like she's kind of, that would be 10 years ago. Like there were, there Mm. were those women. Like what's the equivalent nowadays? I don't know. There's amazing actresses, but there's not that kind of comedy right now. Oh boy. Well, we're going to have to fix this. No, we're going to have to fix this. (laughs) Let's do it. Get in there. (laughs) 
What is the film that you most relate to? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Sleepless in Seattle was also one of my very favorite movies. And Nora Ephron like has something in my heart that is like, oh my God. And all of her writing. I know it's like glossy and not real, but it's like- She's fucking amazing. She's amazing. I know. There's- She's got heart and she's got comedy. You know, she has humor and comedy and it's a very female point of view, but like the, her point of view is universal. And mm-hmm. I think it's really hard nowadays where people are like, oh, that's a diverse view, but it's so, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the female perspective being mainstream is kind of hard now, right? It's always like, oh, we're getting that version of it, right? Versus like everyone's just looking at it. It's like, yeah, it's a female filmmaker, but it's for everybody. I feel like it, maybe it's a marketing mm. department thing, but yeah, I, I don't know. She kind of eclipsed all of that. She was just a filmmaker and her her point of view was so clear in her work. And again, just appealing to everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Sleeps in Seattle was fucking amazing. What an amazing film. Magic. Oh my gosh. Well, I was in love with Tom Hanks from a very young age. The Man with yeah. Run Red Shoe, remember that? That was like, again, yeah. I had a VHS tape. Those were two VHS tape. Bring up Baby and Man with Run Red Shoe. <laughs> that's very nice. All right, Felicia, here we go. Okay. We have to do it because this is what what the podcast is. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen? Oh, boy. Where do we start? Yeah, that's a really hard one. Like, that's not something I really think about. I mean, I saw Emmanuel, like, way too early. Like, oh, wow. I was on, like, late up night, and I was like— We're On a double bill with aliens. What? It was. It was, like, late night USA. And, my, of course, I wasn't being supervised. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if you were going to do that, I also remember like, remember the first time I saw another woman's like private part? Like it was, it, I think it's a lady in red with like, what was that guy? Uh, with Jean Wilder, Kelly LeBrock. Yeah, she yeah, had, she Wilder. was like naked from the, I mean, you know, from the, and I was like, oh, a naked person. Yeah. That was my first naked person I saw on film. And then I accidentally saw Emmanuel. I mean, I think anything with Cary Grant really floated my boat. There's also a mm-hmm. Clive Owen, Julia Roberts movie. What was that movie? Closer. It wasn't even that long ago. Oh, yeah, that's a really <laughs> sexy movie because I just love them together. Um, I don't know. I wish I could get like, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything else that comes to mind. This is a good question. I need to watch more sexy movies. It's not Porky's with the with the jiggly old titties. Yeah. Well, there's a subcategory to this question. We'll see where this gets us. Troubling boners, worrying why dons. A film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should. Oh. Hmm. I don't know if it's, it's not film, but I did, I did at one point buy some hentai to be able to spice up my personal life and I popped it in and it was like about a nurse, but it's, you know what hentai is? Explain what you mean buying hentai. What do you mean? Like hentai is like anime porn, but so it's animated porn, okay. you know, from, from Japan. So they right. have categories of hentai. Okay. Um, a lot of them have tentacles. What category did you buy? This was nurse. It was the. It was okay. like I bought some like I, for some reason I went categories. So I bought like nurse, teacher, like I some really weird, you know, adventure, elf. And so I right. popped them in. Did not do anything for my relationship. So here's the here's the story. I took them. <laughs> I ended up not watching them. Although the nurse one was like you know as. Very, very fine. So it was a cartoon of a nurse having sex. Well, it's more than that. You need to look up okay. hentai. I can't believe I'm introducing okay. you, a man who has a beard, to hentai, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> You're introducing, well, let's see. Well, continue, please. I mean, I'm anyway, so already I had sold. This stack, <laughs> this stack of hentai. And I was cleaning my house, and I just threw them in a box, and I took it to Goodwill, not thinking about it. And ah. this... <laughs> 
And this gentleman, who is probably 85 years old, picks up, and it's just a naked animated nurse with her titties out, you know? And kind of a cock coming in on the front. Right. <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, I don't think we can take this, ma'am. And I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'll take it. <laughs> and he took it. He took the whole stack. I was so flustered. He's Good like, don't worry, him. I'll take him. Good for him. You know, you're going to volunteer in the Goodwill. You get a little bonus. Yeah. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favorite, but it's the greatest. This is hard because I did, and I don't know if we'll get to it, but I don't know. Uh, this is hard. I mean, Casablanca, Godfather, yeah. you know, you walk mm-hmm. away from these things like amazing, but I kind of like hard-boiled, <laughs> starring Chow Yun-Fat. How about the John Woo? The John Woo film? That's my, one of my favorite movies, and I think it's the most incredible movie, film. and I'll watch that movie over and over again. I love it so much. Great it's film. just so, oh, that one shot they do in it, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it sort of sets up, like, all the genre movies we have nowadays. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, The Killer probably predates it, but at the end of the day, I just love that movie with in the, in the hot. Ugh, it's so good. You can have that. That's a fucking great shout. It's never come up. Okay, great, great. Thank you. I'm going to say the typical ones that I should, but that one is one of my favorite. No. I could watch it any day of the week. Fantastic answer. Fantastic. Thank you very Uh, much. What is the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? And is it Bringing Up Baby? It's Bringing Up Baby, for sure. For sure. It's Bringing Up Baby. I mean, but all those. I love The Thin Man. I watch those a lot. His Girl Friday, Philadelphia Story. Yeah. All those screwball comedies, Carol Lombard, anything she was in, she was so freaking amazing. It's a real, yeah, it's a different, it's a different type of woman that was in the in the films. Yeah, very real, different. Real vibe. Hmm. They were very hmm. unapologetic and yeah. they didn't seek to please men. They fell, the guy would fall in love with her regardless, but she wasn't playing for any of it. She was like, she had her own world. And, you know, mm. these were all mostly written by men, but, like, these women were incredible. They were three-dimensional. They were they were just people, and they had their yeah. full lives, and they had full agendas, and it was just kind of unspoken. Like, they, I don't know. There was something about it that I don't see nowadays, and I, and I, I feel like those roles are sadly missing. Mm. What is the worst film you've ever seen? Now, you like bad films. I don't know how you would qualify a worst film. It might be a film you just didn't enjoy. What's the worst film you've ever seen? It's the worst film I've ever seen, but it's also the most enjoyable because you're just like, what? So it's called The Wraith, and it stars Charlie Sheen. Okay. And he plays a, how do I put this? An alien murder car. He gets killed, (laughs) reincarnated into the body of a car by Mm -hmm. an alien, I think. And he seeks vengeance on the gang, quote unquote, who killed him and is also harassing his ex-girlfriend, who somehow gets naked in a waterfall. No reason. It is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Is he just then just a voiceover on a car? Or does he, is his face in the car? Like, how is he? No, no, no. It's a car. It's like Kit from Knight Rider, but murder it. And he like, he exacts vengeance in a way where you're just like, yeah, murder them. (laughs) Like, you're just so excited that people are getting killed by this murder He's just running people over by... With yeah, no driver but, in no, it. but there's a car gang that he's fighting. So there's all these oh, car okay. sequences. And it's in this little town that has one diner and a really incompetent sheriff. And like the things that happen in it are so laughable. It's truly an astonishing wow. uh, ride. Quote, quote. So do you think he did like two days on set? He's just filmed his bit and then he did some voiceover. <laughs> yes, I think 
so. and, they, and they put him on the poster. This sounds fucking great, the red. Yeah, and I'm then it's read like you chase it, scenes. Go on. Yeah, in a small town in Arizona, a mysterious man spirit descends from the sky and manifests in a sports car and to- targets a local violent road racing gang of motorheads headed by a ruthless bully who'll do anything to get what he wants. Okay, boom. Yeah, all right. I'm in. Sold. Yes, please. I'll take two. It's so good. It's so good. It sounds good. great. And it's so unbelievable, like, how bad, like, you're just like, this was a scene they wrote? And the, the dialogue, and the people who are, like, clearly 30 who are acting like, yeah, I'm a teen. Yeah, it's. How does it end? Can you spoil the ending? Does he come back to life? Or does the car? I, I, I don't know. He definitely doesn't go back to life. I, I don't okay. remember, actually. I don't remember. It was so bad. Sherilyn Fenn's in it. She's the one who gets naked. Love Randy it. Quaid's in it. Oh, it's got quite a lineup. Nick Cassavetes, oh, plays Packard, which is just, oh, it's the, the role of a lifetime, really. Um, God, I can't, I, 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 I think it's revealed that he's, reinc- yeah, I feel like the, the end is revealed that he's reincarnated in the car, the guy who died, you know, like died. Yeah. So, and it's like, thank you. Thanks for running these people over. What, and then the car just drives off into the sunset? <laughs> you know what, if it isn't that, it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, beep, beep, and drives off. Beep, beep. After murdering so many people. That's great. Uh, beep, so beep, good. flashes a signal. Off it goes. Ah, I really want to see that. What is the, Felicia Day, you, you do comedy, you've made comedy. What is the film that made you laugh the most? Oh, wow. It's got to be Airplane. I've seen that movie like yeah. four or five times. Probably, yeah. no, probably probably 50. Like, I mean, over the years, I've seen that movie. Yeah. I mean, that kind of comedy, I, I admire. I mean, how do you write that kind of comedy? That and like yeah, Fletch and all of that sort of farcical. Oh, so funny. So for sure, it's Airplane. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Fair enough. Good answer. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong with that answer. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. 
I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Felicia Day, you've been excellent. It has been a, a, a joy to meet you. My my friends were correct. However, oh, that's great. Whoa! When your daughter was twenty five and you were thirty, and you went, <laughs> you gave up all, you sold all your earthly goods, and you went okay. for a wander around India. Uh, you mm-hmm. had eaten so much food that you were now the size of a, a mountain. No one mentioned mm-hmm. it. Everyone, oh Jesus, we better step out of the way. But you were hard to miss. Let's say that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you wander into a tiger. Uh, area in India and a tiger mauled you quite quickly and painlessly because frankly you were so enormous that your nerve endings were nowhere near the top of your skin by this no, point yeah. they were mm-hmm. probably a mile away from the top of it so you got mauled but painlessly anything. couldn't feel anything mm-hmm. the, the tiger ran up your entire massive body and sliced your throat and ate it dead you fell down dead and you fed the world I was walking yeah. along with a coffin, you know what I'm like. I'm like, I wonder what Felicia's like. This, like, what is all this? These mountains of meat that are being distributed <laughs> around in buckets everywhere. It's just fucking meat being handed out everywhere. Everywhere I go, there's meat behind it. I go, has anyone seen Felicia? And I go, I've seen her. I've eaten her. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, I see what is left after you fed the world. There's still leftover. Just oh bits wow, of leftovers. Meat. Nice. There's bits of meat. And I'm like bloody hell. So I start packing you in, just slopping in the bits of meat that are left of you. There's still more than I was expecting based on my what I'd heard about you. I still couldn't believe the actual size of it. Anyway, I've stuffed it in the coffin. There's as much as I can get in there. There's no room in this coffin now. There's only enough room to slide one DVD into the side for you to take across <laughs> to the other side. And in heaven, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show all the gamers in heaven when it is your movie night? Felicia Day, go. Oh, God. This is hard. Is it my movie or is it I need something for the quorum, you know? It's the movie you're, you've chosen to show everyone. Oh, my be. God. I feel like I shouldn't pick Bringing Up Baby because it is black and white and I don't want to like. <laughs> oh, boy. Funny. I think you should be taking that. You think no. people can't handle black and white? Also, I just I feel like it should be probably the first Star Wars. Like, you know, that's going to be pleasing to me. Oh, it could be like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, I, Ooh, I think I would, that's a good one because I do, as I told you, I love martial arts films. My, my brother mm-hmm. was super into martial arts as a kid. Every Friday night at University of Texas, they would show a martial art movie and I would go mm-hmm. every night and sit in the balcony. It was all Golden Harvest. I fell in oh. love with Jet Li during yeah. those times. I mean, once upon a time in China, two or three, I can't remember. I totally fell in love with them. Lethal Weapon 4, yes, please. Oh, yeah. 4, yeah. Any of them. 
Um, so I would say that as far as like, oh, this is a movie we could watch and dissect. We're taking that format and bringing it to an artistic level. I would probably pick that one, Country okay. Tiger. I mean, Yip Man is pretty amazing too. Like, I think mm. that we could really, yeah, Crouching Tiger. You sure? Yeah, pretty hard. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. No, okay, you're taking that. It's a wonderful choice. Thank you. Felicia Day, thank you for doing this. Is there anything you would like to tell us to look out for, to listen to, to watch in the coming months? Your Audible? Yes, you could go to audible.com slash third eye and check that out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's seven hours of wonderful entertainment. And no, I'm just always on socials, always on Twitch. If you want to come by and watch me, you know, farming, it's all good. Thank you for having me, Brett. I'm a big fan of you. So this has oh, been Thank you treat. so much for doing this. It's been very nice to meet you. And yeah, uh, nice I, know, to I know an awful lot of people are going to be very, very, very excited that uh, I got to speak to you. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank this. you. I appreciate it. All right. Have a lovely death and good day to you. Bye-bye. So that was episode 276. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra secrets and chat with Felicia. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read, it helps numbers and my neighbour Maureen really loves it. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. I really hope you're all well. Thank you to Felicia for giving me her time. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell of Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Latham for the photography. Come and join me next week where I have a absolutely banging guest. You are going to love it. But that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And now, more than ever, please be excellent to each other. Everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. 
So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.